I am Melvin Adams, your host for The State of Education, a podcast produced and released by the Noah Webster Educational Foundation to equip listeners with useful knowledge that can help them bring about positive changes where they are. Thank you for joining us today. In recent years, there has been a growing flood of interest from parents and our broader communities in the education we are seeing in our schools. Quite frankly, many have become alarmed by what they have seen, and many thousands are stepping forward to engage our school systems to insist on reform. Some are organizing to unify their message and strengthen their impact. The most effective groups build on local communities, but also form statewide and even national networks. One such group is Moms for Liberty, an organization that started 18 months ago in Florida and now has almost 100,000 members in over 30 states. Moms for Liberty recently hosted their first national summit. Hundreds of members attended. Noah Webster Educational Foundation made an early decision to attend and to be one of several summit sponsors because we share many common goals and certainly a common vision to reclaim America's education and culture. Our podcast today is a little different from most. Today's podcast is a presentation made during the Moms for Liberty conference by Marie Rogerson, the organization's executive director of program development. To me, this presentation was a clear highlight of the conference because it so well articulated the role of parents in this fight to save our kids and because it shared why parents, educators, and legislators must work together to reclaim education and do what is best for our children. With that, please listen in as Marie Rogerson shares with us. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage Marie Rogerson, Executive Director of Program Development, Moms for Liberty. Our tissues from last night are still up here in case I need to cry. All right. My husband, maybe like yours, is a Marvel fanatic. He read comic books as a kid and may have convinced me to let him buy um, an autographed copy of one, uh, autographed by Stan Lee shortly before he died. He's always so excited to get me to watch the movies. But before we're allowed to click play, I have to endure a mini TED Talk on the origin story of the characters. He tells me how they grew up, what happened in previous movies that might tie in, how the director chose to interpret the canon, and so much more. Truthfully, he normally gives up a couple of minutes in when he sees my eyes start to glaze over because I really just want to get on with the show. Today, hopefully you don't find yourself in that position, eyes glazing over as I give you a peek into our origin story as Moms for Liberty and touch on the importance of the word liberty in our name. Let's go back to 2020, when, as fate would have it, Tina and I lost both, both lost our elections. Yes, we found ourselves with some unanticipated time on our hands and nowhere to devote the drive we had to fix our country. So, as any normal person would do, we decided to start a book club to study the founding documents. Nothing nerdy to see here. <laughs> we called ourselves Liberty Ladies and met every two weeks to read the Declaration of Independence and Constitution with a close group, close group of friends. 
It took us months, months to get through the declaration, which you could literally read out loud in 20 minutes. We dissected every word and phrase, discussed what the founders were going through at the time they wrote it, and how we see their words being applied today. It was over that time frame that Tiffany and Tina began having conversations that became what you see today. From that little group was born our Madison Meetup program, and that group was the first to ever don a Moms for Liberty shirt. Some of those Liberty ladies are even here today. As we spent months deep in the founding doctrine of our nation, I noticed something. Freedom was missing, more particularly the word itself. The word freedom never appears in the Declaration of Independence, nor in the main body of the Constitution. It is, in fact, only found once in the amendments, where it is included in the phrase freedom of speech. Both documents, however, mention liberty. In the Declaration we find, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And the Constitution echoes it with, we the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. I found myself wondering about the difference between the two words. Why have freedom and liberty if they mean the same thing? There had to be a difference. And why the emphasis on liberty? I mean, in the Federalist Papers, essays literally published to uh, help ensure the ratification of the Constitution, the word liberty is used nearly 150 times. By comparison, the word freedom is used no more than eight. I began researching the words in many settings, including the Bible, which tells us, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. A clear instance driving home a distinction between the two words. I uncovered instances undoubtedly where the words were used interchangeably, but there were also those that provided clarity to the meaning of the word liberty. For example, it was Thomas Jefferson who said, Can the liberties of a nation be thought secure when we have removed their only firm basis, a conviction in the minds of people that these liberties are the gift of God, that they are not to be violated but with his wrath? Liberty, it would seem, from my research, has a moral foundation. I see it this way. Freedom is a spectrum. On one end, you have chaos, where you have total freedom, but nothing to guide your use of it, no moral code to direct your choices. On the opposite side, the highest version of freedom is liberty, where you use your freedoms righteously. The interesting thing about this sliding scale is the closer you get to liberty, the freer you become. When you use your freedom to choose to do good and live morally, you are not weighed down by vice, intertwined in lies, or burdened with debt. Following a moral code or the laws of nature and nature's God, as the founders put it in the Declaration, brings true freedom. Let's look at that phrase, the laws of nature and nature's God. What are the laws of nature? Well, gravity is a clear choice, but also, by nature, we have a biological sex. Believing you can change that violates an aspect of nature's law. Returning to the phrase, it states the laws of nature and nature's God. What are the laws of nature's God? Put simply, it's the Ten Commandments, the moral code by which, until recently, most people accepted we should live. The founder's placement of this one simple phrase is crucial because it lays the groundwork for the government they established. 
They believed in obeying the laws of nature and nature's God and established a system of government based on that. Any legislative law that violates the laws of nature and nature's God goes against the very spirit of the Constitution and what our founders aimed to accomplish. It was George Washington who wrote, a good moral character is the first essential in a man. It is therefore highly important that you should endeavor not only to be learned, but virtuous. And John Adams stated, our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. There must be right and wrong to be morals. The world we live in now would erase the line between the two, and it has been terrifyingly effective at doing so. What 10 years ago would have been dismissed as ridiculous and unfounded is now mainstream and affirmed. Despite woke insistence, there is no your truth and my truth. There is only the truth. And that truth comes from one eternal source. When we interview new chapter chairs before they launch a chapter, we ask them a very important question. Where do our rights come from? While we're not a religious organization and don't require a belief in God, we do require that our leaders know that our rights come from the creator. You can call it the universe, you can call it God, nature, whatever you really want, because again, you have that right. That right, our rights exist by nature. They are not gifted to us by a piece of paper or a politician. You must know where our rights come from to adequately defend them. It is our hope that you live up to those rights and promote the principles of liberty. The principles of liberty point us to morality and righteousness. They point us to freedom and independence. They point us to activity. Ezra Taft Benson, former United States Secretary of Agriculture, once poignantly stated, if we lose our freedom, it will be because we did not care enough, because we were not alert enough, because we were too apathetic to take note while the precious waters of our God-given freedom slipped drop by drop down the drain. We must be active. We must care. We must be alert and awake. And we must not give in to fear. When the opposition protests and hoops and hollers and holds signs proclaiming, you can't love liberty and ban books. First, we're not banning books. But because liberty has a moral foundation, you absolutely can demand that sexually explicit, corrupt text be removed or restricted because that is the right thing to do. I'm going to slaughter his name, but it was Alexis de de Trocqueville, I think is how you pronounce it, a French historian who once wrote, America is great because she is good. And if America ever ceases to be good, America will cease to be great. We cannot cease. We must strive for the good and banish the bad. We must repeat, repeat the truth again and again because, as someone once said, error is constantly being preached roundabout. We have just a few more amazing speakers to hear from this morning, but it is our hope that when you leave the summit today, you leave energized to proclaim, proclaim liberty throughout the land, to teach your children to be good and to seek the truth. To close, I'd like to borrow a few famous lines from Patrick Henry, who said, They tell us that we are weak, unable to cope with so formidable an adversary. But when shall we be stronger? Will it be next week or next year? Shall we gather strength by irresolution and inaction? 
We are not weak if we make a proper use of those means by which the God of nature hath placed in our power. Three million people armed in the holy cause of liberty and in such a country as that which we possess are invincible by any force which our enemy can send against us. Besides, we shall not fight our battles alone. There is a just God who presides over the destiny of nations and who will raise up friends to fight our battles for us. The battle is not to the strong alone. It is to the vigilant, the active, the brave. I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. We have friends who are fighting our battles now. We are strong. Our enemy underestimates the power of valiant motherhood. We stand as 100,000 now, but one day we will stand as 3 million, invincible because we stand on the side of eternal truth and righteousness. That is the side of liberty. Godspeed in your efforts, joyful warriors. Thank you for being vigilant, active, and brave. Please continue to make a respectful ruckus. It is music to our ears. I hope that you have been challenged today by a fresh commitment to be a responsible adult and leader and to some specific action for the good of the children you know and love. Join the movement. Your voice matters. Now, if you like what you heard, let me invite you to follow our podcast and share it with your friends. You can access many more useful resources on our website, www.nwef.org. That's www.nwef.org. And if you use social media, you can find Noah Webster Educational Foundation on most social media platforms. If you'd like to learn more about Moms for Liberty, go to www.momsforliberty.org. This episode was made possible due to the generous donations of listeners like you. Thank you for listening today.